Good heavens, it's a Bobcast. Welcome to episode 21 with your host, me, Bob Evans. My real name's Kevin Mitchell. Uh, I've had a bit of time off. <laughs> Those of you who have listened to the uh, to the Bobcast will know that uh, there hasn't been one for quite a few months. I apologise for that. But I've just been really busy, okay? Um, I've been playing pretty much... Well, I have played... Uh, every week since August, um, one sort of tour has rolled into the next and into the next, and that keeps going through to December. So, um, so yeah, I just found it uh, really difficult to find the time to not only tee up, you know, the the chats, but then also doing all the post uh, production stuff as well. Which you know, it's not like a big thing, but it is a little bit time consuming. And you know, when I'm at home during the week, I'm pretty much a stay at home dad, and then work on the weekends it doesn't leave a lot of time except I could work at night but you know I kind of like to just sit around and drink wine but yes anyway the that is a very long way of saying that uh, I've had a break and now I'm going to start doing these again so yeah thanks for coming back I've got still got shows and stuff that are coming up Jebs are doing it down the green the uh, next weekend there's a sea and sound festival in Frankston that Jeb and I are playing at the end of November uh, I'm playing a show in Coffs Harbour on November 10th. Uh, you can get tickets for that from my website, bobevans.com.au. Uh, it's at the uh, ex- uh, Services Club or something. And, oh yeah, and I'm playing Queenscliff Music Festival, but that's sold out. Yeah, okay, so, episode 21. A couple of months ago, uh, September, I did a Beatles tribute tour it's called the uh, the first five and myself and and some other singers and a bunch of musicians performed s- select songs from the first five Beatles records so and it was heaps of fun and one of the other singers in that ensemble was a friend of mine named Wes Carr most people would know Wes as the winner of Australian Idol quite some years ago now I think 2008 it might have been it was a while ago uh, but he's done a bunch of other stuff before and since, uh, which you may be aware of as well. Uh, I've known Wes for a little while, but this Beatles tour was the first time we'd ever actually had a chance to kind of hang out um, and get to know each other. And so during that tour, I think after after a rehearsal day, Wes came around to my hotel room and we had this chat. So yeah, it's a couple of months old, but I don't think that really uh, affects anything. I don't think it makes any difference to, to the conversation. So yeah. I hope you enjoy it. As usual, there is swearing, so if you don't like that kind of language, maybe this podcast isn't for you. You Probably those of you who have come back have probably figured that out by now. Okay, I think that's pretty much it. Welcome back to Good Heavens, it's a Bobcast. Hello, Wes. Thanks for joining me in my hotel room. Thank you. uh, For the podcast. This is actually the first podcast I've done for a while because uh, 
I haven't done any for months because mm. it's just been I've just been doing other shit. Yeah. Um, but we're in uh, Sydney at the moment. We're rehearsing for a Beatles tribute concert, and this morning we had to go on TV, and it sort of brought back some memories for me. What? How? Uh, how was it for you for today? And what are some I, of your yeah, other experiences? I, I never get used to it. I uh, you just sort of crash landing on another planet almost. You mm. know, especially morning TV. It's sort yeah. of like being on a spaceship or something. You walk mm. in and. Yeah, just, you know, you think you know, yeah, you feel like you know everything and then it's like the self-doubt, all the whole thing creeps in and it's like, as soon as they say live television, you basically <laughs> just freak out. Yeah, you know? and, uh, yeah, because who knows, you know, like I don't know how many viewers those morning shows get, but I'm assuming it's a lot still, I don't, you know, who yeah, knows. Like, I get the and, feeling that like maybe even if it's at the low end, it's probably still like a couple yeah, hundred thousand people. hundred thousand people, yeah. yeah. So that's, I mean, in front of you, yeah. that's a lot of people still. Yeah. And they're listening to all your, intri- in, you know, intricacies, intricacies, what is it? Intricacies. Intric- intricacies, yeah. So, <laughs> wow, I've had half a beer. I know, you've had a couple of sips. I feel bad too, I, just, I feel bad because where's it, you've, uh, this is like your first beer in like two, two and two a half th- weeks. I had to have a bit of a dry spell as we mm. all do, I guess, sometimes, so, yeah, I just I, I feel a little I'm, bit, don't mind But just what an occasion, I mean, you can't, you know. It's a it's a nice uh, nice occasion to have my first beer in a while. So yeah. So um, what but what happens if like just you know after getting the taste of beer you go on a massive bender, <laughs> don't turn up to rehearsals tomorrow and then it'll be all my fault. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, it's like the shark to blood. You know. <laughs> no, no, long of those long gone of those days. Thank God, far out because you know we've got children now. We can't do that sort of thing. <laughs> what uh, what what prompted the the, taking the break from the birds. Oh, look, to be honest, um, really, really honest with myself, it was more about, um, you know, I, I guess I, I get a lot of, like, anxiety and, you know, uh, I think, you know, I, I guess a lot of people do these days. Mm. So, you know, I think for me, not to go too deep into that, but, um, you know, I guess drinking for me, um, I guess, exacerbates that, mm. makes it sort of kind of pretty gnarly sometimes so I kind of I try to sort of yeah keep a healthy uh, more of a healthy grip on myself these days I guess mm. especially traveling touring you know you're always kind of in and out and, and I think you know there was a few years where I was doing that quite a like a lot more than I actually do now but I was doing that all the time and and just not really looking after myself just mm. thinking I was invincible you know yeah and we all go through that I guess you know and uh, and in some respects you, you know when you're young I mean I know yeah I was the same. I mean, I, the early years of touring with Jebs and stuff. I was yeah. pretty much most through my twenties. Like, um, I kind of was invincible. Yeah, you know? that's because right. You are, you are you what you do are. things yeah. as a performer. Totally. And just like you know, but also in terms of just like lifestyle stuff. I mean, yeah. you could really push yourself to the limit and 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 yep. and, and get through. But and these days, you know, I guess also for me. I, you know, woke up uh, a few weeks ago on a Sunday and I'd had a few too many drinks with a friend of mine. I, I just, yeah, I woke up and my four-year-old came into my bedroom and uh, to our, our bedroom and yeah. he's like, Dad, you know, and he's just so excited about life yeah. and everything. And I was just like, oh, dude, I just, I don't, just can't be I don't have anything in me, man. I'm yeah, just, yeah. I'm over it. And I just, I felt yeah. like an, I just did not feel like a great dad. Yeah. There was no winning medals that day of being <laughs> It was awful, and I just yeah. kind of went. Oh, I don't want him growing up in that environment. Mm. And I grew up in it really strongly. Like I was, 
both of my sides of my family have definitely got addictions to really? all stuff. Yeah, so for me, I saw a lot of that early, and you know, it's it's look, I'm not. There's no you know blaming anyone or anything. It's no woe is me, but it's sort of like it dawned on me like, I don't really want. My little man growing up in that mm. culture of like, it's okay to just get like hammered every weekend and, you know, that yeah. kind of, I just sort of want him to sort of have like a, a just a really great outlook on life, you know, mm. as every parent does with their kids. But for me, you know, I think being around it in the music industry, all, you know, it, it's all free all the time, you know, we yeah. get off stage and he's at a lot of my shows, you know, he's mm. sort of been, and he's seen a lot of it already and it's like, so yeah, for me, I just, I just needed to kind of go back within myself a few for a few weeks and sort of mm. evaluate that but you know yeah but still I'm not you know I'm not going to get on my high horse and go oh drinking's bad and all that sort of stuff <laughs> so you know we do uh, work in a in a highly unusual mm-hmm. industry and environment mm. I mean you know and it's no wonder that so many people in the music Ooh, industry shit that's unprofessional so. no this isn't this, is, you know, this isn't radio <laughs> mate it's okay um we we work in an environment, you know, we're playing shows and stuff where yeah. you turn up to a venue often, you know, as early as sort of early to mid afternoon for sound loading and sound yeah, technology yeah. and stuff. And the venues are, you know, predominantly licensed venues, pubs, mm. clubs and that yeah. kind of stuff. Um, you spend a shitload of time hanging around, waiting around yeah. for your you know, for your time little bit of time on stage, whatever. Yeah. And it's and the and the, the, the practice and this has been going on for decades, um, is that the venue will just plop a big bucket of booze into yeah, your room. That's right. As, Without you even thinking. And that's yeah. how and that's yeah. sort of your your sort of entertainment. Yeah. So it's no wonder that so yeah. many people in the music industry yeah. have got difficulties with alcohol, whether they're full blown alcoholics or they just have a yeah. difficult relationship with alcohol. Well, I was playing. I was fourteen when I started playing shows in just Sydney clubs and things. You know, mm. like Laba and like you know, a whole bunch of different things. And I was always around it anyway as a kid. Um, I think we all are. You know, mm. I mean, the Australian culture is like, you know, the. The connection value is, hey, you want a beer, you know, mm. then back, you know. So, um, but, but I think as Australians I are pretty think, bad. Like, <laughs> I think Australians <laughs> have a pretty bad col- like drinking yeah. culture yeah. compared to like you know European Europe. Yeah, Europe. They're just like, hey, just have a glass of wine. Over yes, and that's right. And it's connected no. to drinking. The, the yeah, consumption of alcohol in, in Europe seems to be very much connected to mm. other things yeah. like eating enjoying yeah, yeah. food yeah that's you know, right exactly it's, and a, it's a passion yeah whereas and, we're just like let's get pissed you know and, yes and the just, binge culture yeah. here is, is much bigger I think absolutely you know and um, so yeah you know, and in the music industry you know there's I mean it's all it's just a, like a lot of people are starting to talk about the mental health a lot situation yeah. in, the, in yeah. the music industry as well and how many people sort of um, you know end their time uh prematurely and all that kind of stuff and we yeah. think you know like suicide and whatever it is yeah. you know or if it's an accident or whatever it's just that's kind of worrying you know like I mean I guess it's been happening since the dawn of time but no one's ever really spoken about it and it's, just right. it's quite interesting nice to sort of see a lot of yeah come out now. I found it really interesting just in the last few years that um that there has been a lot more discussion mm. and a lot more sort of time spent uh looking into men- the mental health of people in the music industry because yeah. Yeah, I think for years and it still is to a, to a degree mm. but for many many years yeah I think it was just it was either just accepted yeah as just this is about, or it was an unspoken yeah, or exactly. you just didn't talk about that's it that's right yeah and that's again highly yeah. unusual it, yeah totally environment I guess it, you, you lose your passion if you don't feel that way I think you know yeah. for, well, for me you know I'm just 
I'm quite passionate about everything. But, um, you know, like being, you know, on like, I guess being known for being on a TV show, like, you know, Australian Idol or whatever, um, people go, oh, yeah, like you asked me, oh, but how did how did you go on that? Like, if you're so the worried smiling. about that, you know, how did well, you go on the frigging right. show? And I'm thinking like, yeah, well, I guess I had nothing to lose in, a, in some respect in that way, you know. Um, but also... Um, I think I've always had it there, but it's just, it creeps in quite a little bit more each year as I get older and things mm. matter more, I think, you know. Yeah, and I think after that show, a lot of my, it's like being under a microscope, so, you know, Shit. and a few a few years afterwards, you know, being in the public eye, um, all of a sudden, quite like, you know, like you walk down the street and there's, you know, you've got to expect four or five different people come up to you and, mm. you know. And it works for a lot of people, and then it doesn't. And then for me, I'm more of that introverted songwriter guy. Mm. Um, but then I all of a sudden went to the extrovert world, yeah, and sort yeah. of so that kind of world really kind of screwed my head a little bit for a while. And I had I to had... work it out again. I had to work it all out and rebuild it, almost like decompartmentalizing my own head what it all meant for me. Mm. So then to walk out of it, and, and and you know, it sounds very deep, but I guess that's what happens. Like you sort of when that kind of thing happens you can't really explain it for a few years and then mm. and then you sort of think oh well you know maybe I'll just drop off here and don't do a bunch of stuff here and just sort of and all of a sudden you started to writing yourself out of your own career because you're like yeah. so you have to sort of keep a healthy balance of you know private and public and the the world in between and yeah. you know, all that sort of stuff so yeah, going into it, those sorts of environments, I guess, there's all of that that comes up again. It's like, whoa, there's like five, six cameras here, and yeah. holy shit, you know, I've got to be on here, and I've got to perform, and oh, wow, you know. So it's, yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a different mindset, I think. So yeah. when, because you, seeing as you brought it up, um, when you went into doing mm. Australian Idol, and mm. what year was it again? It's a while ago. It's, now, yeah, two thousand eight, nine years yeah, right, ago. So that's, yeah. yeah, nearly ten years ago. Um, what did like what were your expectations when you first like yeah. I don't know whether it's when you first signed up or when you went to the first audition or all yeah. that kind of stuff what were your expectations going into it what? man I had just come out of a band Tambourine yeah uh, yes uh, yeah. With, with, with Ben, ben Gillies yeah. yeah and we did a we did a whole bunch of shows and I um, we toured an album Tambourine and you know it was a it was a weird time for music because. In that, it was 2005, I think. So mm. no one was signing anyone. No, Like, it was gone to the days where bands were being signed and, you know, you sort of go off and you make your record and then whatever. The big, or yeah. there was an independent thing where you put up the money yourself and then you got a distributed yeah, yeah. to a label or whatever, you know? Yeah, definitely. That. During that time, there was, you know, the... A lot of the um, machinations of the music industry were definitely really starting to shift and change. Yeah, yeah. Obviously, you know, technology driven in some part. In some. Yeah, ways. well, social media just started yeah. coming, so there was no Facebook then, which yeah. is weird. No, but uh, then I think MySpace, MySpace had just started. just started. So we had a MySpace page, yeah. you know, but that was about it. So there was mm. no kind of nothing really. Yeah. It was a really strange sort of time to right. release an album, and then, and so. Yeah, so we did a whole bunch of shows and we toured and, and it was great, a really great experience and in a high ace van around Australia. Yeah, yeah. It was really cool. And um and then, you know, that kind of just disbanded and, you know, Ben went back to Silverchair and I I went back to Adelaide and started playing and then I went over to LA and I worked with um a 
a few people like I met Joe Cocker and a few people from his band and went over to LA and and how did was that all hooked up did you have a deal actually, or is... no they walked into a bar in Adelaide where I was playing and it was just this like classic one of those classic stories where right. the band walks in and say hey you want to come to LA and I was oh like my yeah God. sweet yeah so I ended up going over there so what Joe Cocker months. was Joe wasn't there but the band were there right. and then I ended up uh, meeting him a bunch of times oh as God. well yeah and um and you know, and I just grew up on Joe, so I was like, yeah. "Wow, you know, it's amazing." And then having, you know, going over to LA and being there for three months and wondering whether I was going to move there or not and start mm. kind of like a music career there. And then I came back here, and then I did an album here called Simple Sum, just independently released it. Yeah. Um, and, and is then, that like a kind of acoustic-y kind of yeah yeah it is was, it in that vein or? yeah it's kind of yeah there's a band I mean um, Hamish in the band he's on it you know oh, but, right. yeah so um, it was sort of like a collection of my musician friends in Sydney you right. know but they're all my songs and we sort of Paul McCursher, um produced it yeah. and it was sort of like a, my first kind of crack as a, a solo act after all like a, about ten years of playing maybe mm. a little bit longer around the just an acoustic scene and all that sort yeah, of stuff in yeah. Sydney. And then, yeah, and then I sort of did that and I kind of didn't really really understand what I, where I was going to take it, what I was going to do next yeah, with it. It yeah. was sort of this weird, I was sort of in limbo still and and then I just, you know, and I just sort of went, fuck it. I, I, I met my, my wife now, you know, around 2008 and things just changed, priorities changed. Yeah, I yeah. didn't really, I wasn't like this, I kind of gave up being that intense kind of um, fucking, you know, that whole woe is me artist thing for a while. Yeah, I just yeah. went like, I can't I can't sit around another pub complaining about the music industry. And, right, yeah, totally. And complain yeah. about but, like, like be, be, what's being not a bitter, going on, what's not happening, you know. Yeah, what, yeah. I just couldn't. There are like, a lot of bitter yeah, musicians. Yeah, I know, yeah. I, I just know. couldn't, I couldn't, I, I just felt myself dying. And, yeah. I, and I just thought, fuck this. So I thought, you know what, I'll just... I had nothing to lose. That was the thing. It was just yeah. like I had nothing to lose. Yeah. And I just went and it was like a decision I made that morning sort of thing. And I went, right, oh, fuck it. I'll just go and the like, auditions yeah. there or whatever. And I just went. And at Australian, like you, Doc, obviously what you'd watched the show. I hadn't, look, to be honest, I hadn't, I had, I'd seen the Matt Corby season. Was that before for, you? That was the week, year before. The year before. Okay, yeah. Yeah, and I think I saw, yeah, I saw y- a bit of that. Yeah. yeah. And I remember just watching that a bit and I thought, um, and I just thought, look, I I I'd met John Foreman a few times. Um, I'd I'd done did the music for a, 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 an Aussie film, Three Blind Mice. Right. Um, Matt Newton produced okay. and directed it and everything. Yeah. And so I wrote it. I, um, one of my songs, Please, was in it. And I remember John Foreman saying to Matt, um, or Matt told me that you know that you know oh yeah you know we should meet and whatever and. And I just remember vaguely kind of hearing, oh, you know, maybe you should go off and, and, and do that because the, you can work with the band and arrange your music and everything. And I just thought, yeah. fuck it, it's a, just a, it'd, be a, it'd just be a fun thing to do. I, it was yeah. just one of those things. I'd never thought I'd freaking win the thing. Like, yeah. to be honest, I'd never, ever thought that. Yeah. And I went in and it just, it was like, really? <laughs> really? Really? And like, I, was, I think I was down to the last five and I'm thinking, wow, like, wow, here I am, you know, what the hell? And... And talking of being an outer space, that was like being on yeah. a UFO every yeah. Sunday or whatever it's like. But it was really fun. Like, for me, I had a lot of fun because I got to be... I just got to be myself. I just... I worked with the band. I did all my own arrangements. I, um, 
you know, there was no sort of you should sing this, you should sing that. It was all it was mm. just like, yeah, Wes will just do his thing and yeah, yeah. you know. And I got to meet, you know, Cindy Lauper and you know Jermaine yeah. Jackson and all these kind yeah, of yeah. Chris, Chris Isaac and all these yeah, kind of yeah. And um, but it's so sudden. I mean, it must be such oh, a totally. sudden. It was. It was like from from obscurity to just like yeah. You know, walking down the street in Bondi and bang, you know, you sort of everyone kind of everyone. Were there other people in the final? Were there other contestants in that final? You know, when it gets down mm. to whatever the final six, eight, ten, whatever. Yeah. Um, that was sort of in a similar situation to you, like similar that you felt a kinship with. That maybe yeah, similar yeah. Backgrounds. There was a guy called Mark Spano who was a, who was a very talented. Well, he is very talented. Uh, it was Brooke Adamo who was um, allies. You know? Oh yes, yeah, yeah. So she was in it and. Um, she was she was incredible. I mean, there, were, there was a lot of really great, talented people. Yeah. I mean, you know, and um, they all kind of everyone off everyone sort of disperses and finds their feet. Rashani is another great voice, and like you know, there was a, there was a, a girl called Chrislyn as well, and she was in like Aretha Franklin. She was yeah. like amazing. Yeah. Um, and I've only got good. I mean, I've only got good things to say about it. Um, I when I came out of it. You know, you you are competing with your old self on television. So, you know, it's a weird thing after that show finishes. You're still the same person doing the same thing. But it's, I guess, the tricky bit is to try to prolong a career out of it. Because you're on the TV show. And then after the TV show ends, it's like, well, Mm. there's crickets almost. Unless you keep it going. And that's up to you to do that. Yeah. And that's where I think a lot of people that haven't had any music industry experience yeah. kind of start to sort of stumble because they're like, Fuck, I, don't, I actually don't, what, what do I do next? What, yeah. Tell me, what do I, you know? And so I... But I mean, you must get told, like people in that show must be told either from people within the show or people, you know, on the, around the periphery of it. Yeah. Um, be given some kind of expectations of like, because like... You, everybody has to sign. You, I don't know how it works, but yeah. obviously, at some point, probably at a very early stage, everyone signs some kind of form. Yeah, that, yeah, that yeah. Hands over. Yeah, there, there, there's a lot of that. I mean, there is a lot of that, and I think. Um, so, do you think sometimes people kind of think, know. well, mm. like that that is something that can, like, uh, almost protect them or, or give them something rather than it being something that they're that could potentially uh, cause yeah. them trouble? Grief, you know? Yeah. I didn't really, when going in that, I didn't really worry about any of that because it was like, it was, I was just in a weird, like, not in a weird headspace, but just a totally different headspace of like, it was all about just throwing caution to the wind yeah, and yeah, just going and just do it, you know, just like fucking, and to be honest, like, I, yeah, it was just, it was just a, it was a very different time and... Mm. And, um, you know, all that, all the kind of paperwork and all that sort of stuff, I really didn't care. I was just like, I don't give a fuck. Yeah, it was, yeah. I was in that, in that world of like, yeah. I don't, you really don't give it, like, I really don't care. And, you know, and now I care because I've got a four-year-old and I've sure. got, you know, I'm dad and I'm like, missed, you know, I've, I know yeah. the business is sort of inside out. But at the time I was like, oh, fuck, you know, who cares? Yeah. You know? And I was like 25 and, you know, and, and, you know, and I'd had a, quite a bit of experience before it happening so you know it yeah i guess in some ways on a business level you know you'd say well maybe you know uh it probably wasn't a, a great business decision to do that but um for me i think think it was for me yeah, you know? yeah um 
because it I, I got to see the world and I got to travel you know mm. all over the place I got to meet incredible people and work with amazing industry legends and yeah, yeah. all this sort of stuff that I just probably never would have done so yeah, totally I yeah. think you know and I and I heard something the other day and John Mayer said it actually he said every you know when people when artists say talk about compromise that it's sort of bullshit in a way because everything's a trade mm. you know so you sort of you know when and I was like I'm the biggest guy when I was you know 21 I'm never compromising right. I'm, the, I'm an artist you know like yeah, I'm yeah. you know but it's not really about for me I, I see it as a bit of a trade like I, I did trade something to get something else and I yeah. got so much experience and so much stuff to talk about yeah. and I could you know talk for days about it and it's really hard to sort of dig deep in it. and you know and, and I did um, I came out of you know after I sort of my days at Sony ended and all that sort of stuff um, after everything um, I released a, an independent record under a a name Buffalo Tales mm. and um, and it was funny because I thought that would I just thought it would be received like oh cool he's doing something different yeah but the only I guess the only thing was was when it when all these like I, that was a surreal day when I you know you know flicked on the TV and they were talking they were sort of bagging me after all this really? stuff Oh, I'm not going to say but they were like these, <laughs> I'm not going to no because I don't want phone calls yeah. but you know like just so news, a, yeah. Just people like news show. people, right? Know? And then it just started laughing about like how I'd gone and changed my name, and it was just like it was like slow news day, guys. Like yeah, seriously, yeah. what's going? On? But it was a really strange thing because all I did was I wanted the music, you know, I wanted my art, my music, to sort of breathe, you know, breathe instead of being under the kind of the that big kind of like I guess that sort of. What do you call it? You had to live up to something, you know, mm. like um, all well, the expectation, the expectation, all that sort of stuff, perception, all yeah. that sort of stuff. It was mainly just to sort of walk away from it for a little bit, just to mm. sort of um, give some of my and the music didn't really suit the kind of Wes Car thing, you know. Mm. The Wes Car thing was sort of like you know this sort of almost like pop rock thing and yeah. and over here was like where I've got but all But when you talk about the Wes Car thing and you know you're yeah, yeah. doing the um the thing with your fingers. Yeah, yeah. Like like you just the way that you refer to it as like almost like a different person. I mean It is it sort of, of is that was yeah was was who like who who came up with what the Wes Car thing ended yeah. up becoming. Yeah, well, I'm still trying to wrap my head around because I <laughs> one minute I was playing Get Back, next minute I was moonwalking and, you know, like, I was like, I, I was that. just like, oh, yeah. It's very impressive. Like, but it was just like, you know, and then and then I came, and then we had 10 days to write, write and record the record after the show. And, of course you did. Yeah, and it was like, <laughs> bang, 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 bang. Yeah. yeah, totally, you know, right. and it was just like, fuck, here we go, and... And we did it, and we did it, and it got, and the album went gold, and you know, had a number one single off the record, and all these sorts of things. And I'm thinking, how the, like, how did we, you know, how did I do this in like ten <laughs> exactly. days? You know, like, yeah, it's, it's, like, it's nuts. It but is. well, it is. It yeah. is nuts. It's I mean, crazy. It's not, it's not how. I mean, I record is in these made. days, in yeah. this day and age, you know, there is no sort of normal way anymore. I suppose. Yeah, yeah. But, um, but yeah, it's very unconventional. Mm. I mean, that sort of shit just doesn't doesn't happen. generally happen. Yeah. So thankfully. We did that, and you know, for me, I was like, "Wow, that fuck, we did that." But 
I was going. I was still trying to work out what this new life mm. was meant. Yeah. What What do I do with all this now? You know. Yeah. I'm. You know, five years ago, I'm like playing folk songs in a bar. You know, and mm. now I'm sort of going like, like, you know, I've got this other thing that I have to sort of yeah, tame yeah. this beast, whatever. I've created this beast. I've got to tame yeah, this thing yeah. now, or make it make sense. You know. So yeah, and now I feel like I'm at peace with all of it because I I kind of feel like. I can do these things like, you know, the Beatles shows, you mm. know, or just do, like, people ring me out of the blue and just get, you know, and I just do so many different things now. I do, like, mm. songwriting workshops and, you know, I love doing that. That's my biggest passion, but seeing other people come alive and actually, you know, kind of, they have their sort of, like, they sort of, you know, like, 13, 14-year-old kids starting to write tunes. And yeah. You, get, you just say one or two things and they're like, world just goes, oh, my God. Yeah, I never yeah. thought of it like that, you know. I love I love seeing people like that come alive and you know like yeah so I was talking about the Buffalo Tail stuff like you know I did that and then like, for me I, I was so proud of it and it was such a natural progression but what you see and what perception sees yeah, yeah. is a very different thing so yeah. yeah so that was a big lesson and then you know but I'm I'm a big believer and I think uh, Josh Pike actually said this to me years ago he, he'll uh, if he's listening he Probably oh, he listens. Yeah, yeah I know. I know he does. Yeah, this is the ones that he's on. I, yes, I could, yeah, I could imagine. I'll only listen to this one. Um, yeah, but he said, you know, it's it's actually it's the musician, and for me, that, and that's the thing. It is. It's it, it's the musicians that matter. Like for me, like I mean, I'm saying this. I'm not going to put words into his mouth. But it it is it's it is the it's the musos and the connections between the musicians are the mm. the the thing you have to harness the most I guess because mm. we're we're all in this together sort of vibe you mm. know and um and so for me I'm just yeah I'm really like blessed I guess yeah. with you know I have no regrets there's no regrets in what I've done with my life and career and yeah. and um. And you know, I feel like, and also, I just feel like I'm just sort of starting again. And yeah, sort of yeah. Like you know, you go through that as a songwriter and artist, or whatever. When you start growing within your music again, and mm. or you've or you've just record, like I've just recorded a new album uh, at home, just by myself. You know, it's called Hummingbird, and and I just sell it through my um, through my like mailing Instagram list. and yeah, yeah. and mailing list, yeah, and, yeah. and they actually contact me, and I just send it out to them, yeah, like, yeah. just personally, and. And, and it's really working, and and I think people are craving that again. It's connection. Yeah. I think that's becoming more apparent these days. Is you know because the social media thing I think is meant to connect us, and it does in a way. But there's mm. a lot of disconnection as uh, mm. as well. Yeah, yeah, I mean the way that I guess people consume music now, there is a real disconnect in 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 that sense. Like yeah, because there's no physical kind of you know trophy yeah but, totally yeah you know, like so people aren't sort of kids aren't saving up their fucking money so they can finally get their piggy bank up to I don't know $25 so they can go yeah. to the CD shop and buy that CD that they've only been able to hear a little bit of and yeah, they, yeah, they take, yeah. you know they've got the physical copy and you, the artwork and the booklet and you, yeah. you pour through while you're listening to and you don't know much stuff about the artist all you've got is exactly it's the stuff in the booklet yeah now, all that's kind of pretty much yeah. been taken away now, yeah so yeah and it's just streaming too so yeah like i you know i don't have a problem with it because i think you know 
the more accessible your music is, the better. But in saying that, I've just by default just discovered that by selling the physical thing just from from me, not even put, I haven't even put it up on iTunes or anything. It's like mm. so that wasn't a deliberate thing. It was just like, hey, you know, if you want to buy the album, it's available here, and you can email me here, and I yeah, can yeah. send it to you directly. Yeah. And all of a sudden, I'm like selling these. And they're USBs. Yeah, yeah. You know, selling these USBs in a wooden box to the to all these people all over, and I'm yeah. now getting like names and where where people are buying my music, and ah, oh, right. So Susie yeah. buys it in Perth, and you know mm. whatever, yeah. and it's uh, and it's amazing, and you're actually having that one on one connection with mm. people that have been following you or buying your music for years, and that's been a real eye opener for me because it's like, you know, I think like everyone was like who's streaming and listening to our music now and yeah. what you know who who are these people for me you know mm. um, especially coming out of where I've come from you know there's a big massive TV audience that I don't necessarily have emails for or yeah, yeah. you know they are people that will watch telly and stuff mm. so it's it's um it's been really great to sort of reconnect with all those people yeah. as well too yeah so but it's um, a- tell me about your childhood and you know how you first was there any particular sort of moments or experiences that you can remember being like a kind of catalyst into like discovering music or yeah you know um first kind of discovering that joy and maybe thinking yeah. imagining in your head that it might be something that you would do yeah in your future i was uh i reckon i was like two or three when i first, like it was Michael Jackson yeah. thriller record for me. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Man. yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> really? Yeah, absolutely. Oh, no way. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah. I got the so, thriller album on cassette yeah, when I was yeah. for my sixth birthday or something. Yeah. And it was like, that was it for I me. was obsessed. Yeah. So, I was obsessed. I was absolutely obsessed with Michael. And, yeah. And I, I don't know. I just, I just perfected all of his, well, perfected. <laughs> <laughs> I just, that was the first word that came to obviously came to mind Wes, so I was better I was better out. when I was a kid <laughs> now I'm just a mess uh, but yeah I was like I don't know I, can, I was in the um, yeah I was in the it got me into the Johnny Young talent team in, right. in Adelaide when I was like really young so was that like a school like a performing arts school it was like a team so like we went out on school holidays and did like did like performances, performances yeah, and yeah. stuff and I did yeah. the I'll be there so singing shows, dancing Sing. Singing, that, yeah, 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 the whole kit and caboodle. The whole shebang. So that, that kind of, <laughs> that sort of, that world was, I guess, what fueled me to go enter the idol thing, you know, not the musician yeah. guy in the bar, you know, that's yeah. like, fuck, fuck life, you know. Yeah. It was that kind of innocence, I guess, you know, yeah. that, that thread, which yeah. I kind of liked, you know, I sort of like, life's not that hard and intense, you know. I actually yeah. didn't mind that kind of feeling of like, yeah, so that's where it came from, I guess. What if I entertainment for entertainment's sake? Yeah, to- yeah no. totally. You know, it yeah. was just like, yeah, you know, and yeah, just and then I, I, I grew up with that mentality of like, if the last person at the end of the back of the room isn't standing, then you you haven't done your job. Yeah, right. You have to, you know, everyone's got to get up. And go, <laughs> Let's go. Let's go. Get what up. Poor Sing ma- it. The poor person at the back. Yeah, yeah. It's like, holy shit. I just came here for a beer, man. Like, oh, you're, you're not gonna. You are not gonna fucking quit till I stand up. Mate. That's oh, right. Jesus. All right. Yeah, right. yeah. Stand up. Just yeah. stop. Just I just point at him until he gets up. You know. Shame him into. Yeah. <laughs> just the the James Brown. You know. Just, <laughs> 
So, man, yeah. yeah it's, and, a, it's a very aggressive style of entertainment. Oh, totally. It? It's very aggressive. <laughs> oh, yes. So, yeah. And, you know, I did that. And then, um, and then I think, you know, I think big, the big thing was when my, my mum and dad split up. Then it was like, you know, the 90s. When did that happen? How well, I think it was like 95. I was 12. So yeah, 93, right. 4, whatever it was. Yeah, I was 12, <sighs> yeah, 13. Fuck. I mean, I, I can't... You know? that, you know, look, I guess there's never a a, a good time for mm. your parents to split up. No. But, um, but, you know, fuck 12, you know, and, and early teen, those teenage Yeah, years, just that awkward age, a, you know. You know, that's a time and it's... Uh, yeah, it's yeah. it's brutal. So, I, and then stuff. I saw Nirvana Unplugged on telly and it's like, <laughs> you know, Wow. That's sort of I like that. I really I like how that made me felt, sort of thing. I, yeah. I was I kind of was dabbling in a bit of that anyway. Um, Peppers and you know Nirvana and whatever. Um, yeah, it was the nineties. Yeah, you know, it was the nineties. Yeah, I was starting to move into that yeah. genre of um, Triple J. You know, it was a big. Thing. I'd just listen to that constantly, and mm. and the especially the J Files. I was like obsessed with the J Files. All oh, right, I just used to tape them all. You know the yeah, Doors, right. and you know, and then the Doors were a massive influence, like yeah. that, like Jim Morrison. But yeah, when I saw Nirvana Unplugged, I was like, that I'm gonna, that's it. I'm gonna learn guitar, and then I just started watching his fingers mm. and reverse because it, you know, it was reverse and upside down or whatever. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, just watching him, and then bought a bunch of Hendrix VC, um, VHSs. Right, or hide them or whatever, and and the Monterey gig, and just watching, you know, him playing some power chords. So that was when you picked up guitar. You know. Yeah, and I just and I just taught myself like BG songs and Nirvana songs, and you yeah, know, that kind of thing. Any sort of songs I could, I could sort of get my hands on. Yeah, and then I had an old pianola where you, you use your feet to oh, oh yeah, right. piano, you know. Yeah, yeah. And I just watched the chords, right. shapes, and then I'd sort of no imitate, way. and that's how I sort of learned the piano. And then, yeah, and then that was it. And I started writing songs. I think my first song was called Mr. Aphrodisiac. <laughs> the first line was, life is a bore to me. So, yeah. The well, first line is, life, life is a bore, is a bore to me. To oh, me. Don't listen to your friends. <laughs> better than Don't my listen. first song was oh. called uh, Steam on the Mirror. Oh, dude. Yeah. 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 What was that about? It was a, well, it was a 12-year-old <laughs> trying to write a song about having sex. Oh, fantastic! Something that he was still well, very many many years away but, from experiencing. But you know, you were still you were you were better than mine because it was like yours was meta- metaphor. You were still you were talking in metaphors. Yeah, I was, I was alluding. Steam on the mirror. Steam on the mirror. Alluding. Yeah, I was just alluding to yeah, what, nice. what may have happened. Nice. Because yeah. because I couldn't write about what actually happened because I didn't know what happened. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah totally. I didn't know how it worked. Yet. Oh, dude. <laughs> But like the, you know. the Nirvana thing, you know, I think it's really s- sort of significant how, I mean, obviously Nirvana were massively popular because they were yeah. amazing songs. I mean, there's some, you know, amazing songs. Yeah, and I mean, lithium, like, lithium, lithium, just listen to Lithium. And all of that. But I reckon one of the things that I also think is, would be a fairly significant factor that I never he- ever hear anybody else talk about yeah. is just the fact that for all those teenagers all around the world that just like us that we you know picking up yep. guitar and all that and learning like Nirvana songs were easy to learn you could like learn the, you know you could learn it was all just power chords and you could learn those chords and sort of play the songs and it was like yeah for someone who, if, when you just first started picking up a guitar to have that feeling of like oh my god this sounds like yeah. a fucking song I'm like, yeah that's right yeah you know and I think that's important because you know and that's why punk music you know is, yeah. is, is so cool for that because like other stuff 
you know, bands that I've never really got into, like say for example Metallica or Led Zeppelin or all that kind of stuff. You know, it takes a, a, you know you need a, a certain yeah. amount of technical prowess and yeah, skill yeah, to yeah, sure. to be able to replicate that stuff. Yeah. You know? yeah. But with punk rock, yeah, you don't. You know? I know, I know, I know. It's, and um, yeah. and I reckon that like that's got to have an influence on kids. Um, you know, play her playing guitar, getting into a band is like fuck. It's so accessible. Yeah, you know? absolutely. I mean, I think Polly, the Nirvana song Polly. I think that was yeah. rewritten about a thousand times. And yeah. before Polly, it was re, you know, it was yeah, re, yeah. Know, that was just a rewrite of something. You know, yeah. it's just but great pop sensibilities. Oh yeah. But also, you know, if you, li- I mean, like that Nirvana Unplugged performance. I think for me, I mean, I love. I like. I'm a Bleach fan massive bleach fan but when you listen to that performance you just realize how much of a, how what a great singer he was yeah, yeah. you know just and just great everything like yeah. dave you know every dave was just lot and they apparently had no rehearsal and it was just basically they were just winging the whole yeah, thing yeah. and it's just like fuck how can you play that bowie song you know man who yeah. sold the world like that when you kind of i guess you hadn't even had a rehearsal yeah. you know and just i don't know just he came from something he came from a place and I've heard that at that time though when they did that recording whilst it may not have been rehearsed and stuff um, apparently Kurt was in a pretty he was in a fairly lucid and healthy kind of yeah. state of mind like, yeah yeah he, he, you know I don't like obviously I mean he, he, maybe he'd been he'd have, been having a bit of a break from using yeah and, yeah but um, from what I've read and heard about that and you can kind of, you know, when you watch it, you can kind of see it. He's a pretty clear eye. And all yeah, that stuff. yeah. Um, it sounds like he was in a pretty healthy state of mind. Yeah, it yeah. was just a win, a small window. Window, yeah. Just um, the, the right time. And I think maybe that was... because they went into it, I reckon, probably a little bit like, fuck, like we've really, you know, yeah, we can't, af- we can't fuck this up. Yeah, I think, totally. I think they probably yeah. were probably a little bit intimidated, yeah. maybe by the absolutely. You know, I mean, fuck, like. Yeah, could you imagine? I just, yeah, I mean, watching some of those docos and and seeing, you know, some of that, like his mum talk about it. I was, you know, talking yeah, about yeah. how they, they, he brought home Nevermind, and yeah. she just went, "Are you ready for you know you've ready yeah, to yeah, do yeah. this to the world? Because yeah. this is going to be huge." You yeah, know? And, and he was a bit like, "I don't know." And then, I mean, you can never predict it, but I guess it's the well, same. Man, look, if my mum made a prediction about <laughs> a, a rock and roll prediction to me, when I. I probably wouldn't take it 100% serious. I'd probably be like, oh, thanks, Mum. Right, whatever. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, what what was her reaction to leaving home when you first played? (laughs) I can't remember. I can't remember. Life was never good to me. Yeah, I don't know. I think they probably just, you know, I think my parents were probably even more surprised than I was that what I was doing was yeah. getting popular because <laughs> <laughs> they were going, what is this shit? Yeah. I mean, I'm sure they would have, they would have loved it because it was, I think, yeah. kids. You know, yeah, my yeah. brother is in the band as well, so half yeah. the band are, like, you know, yeah. from the same family. Um, <clears throat> yeah. So they would have, of course, they would have, they would have been loving it just because yeah, yeah, yeah. their kids were doing yeah. this really exciting thing. But in terms of the actual... Music, yeah, I, yeah, I yeah. doubt whether they probably yeah. liked it very much. <laughs> we're so probably good. quite confused. I remember when my mum um, came into my room, and I, I, I definitely had gone from listening to sort of you know, because there's a thriller, you know, yeah. Billy Jean or whatever, yeah. to. Moist vagina, the rape vibe, the, me. You know, rape me and moist vagina. I think moist vagina was the B side to rape me. Oh god! You know, and yeah. it was like I just remember it going. You know, I thought you had better taste than this. Yeah. You know, I was like, 
Well, so you have you discovered the you discovered the wacky tobacco? Are you getting into those just yeah. cigarettes? Well, well you know, I something's mean, changed. <laughs> something's overnight. Changed. Overnight, I hear that's what drugs do to the kids. <laughs> oh, the nineties, eh? Oh, fucking hell. Um, so then, what happened? You know, yeah. from. Those early teenage years, you know, mm. learning guitar and what was school like for you? Were you in Adelaide? I was in Adelaide. I um, I have said that I got politely asked to leave, but actually, what I, I found out just recently, my dad told me that it was just a bit of a plan of action to sort of get me out of that environment. I was, pre- I had, I, well, I had a sort of a kind of a breakdown. <laughs> oh man, I'm going, I'm pretty going, but it's true. Like I sort of had a bit of a a time at school where. I just, things got too much for me. I was um, 14 and, you know, I'd sort of been, oh, I just wanted to play music and I and I, I went to a, a school where I felt like, I, you know, they, they always kind of described me as the square peg in the round hole sort right. of thing. And so I went to Sydney and it was what very abrupt. What sort of abrupt. school was it though? Like, oh, it was like a, it was a, just a normal like ang- Anglican school. It's actually quite a good school. Like, I, yeah. you know, if, if I was growing up around that area, um... Uh, like in Gawler, in, in Adelaide, you know, yeah. or Elizabeth or wherever, I'd send my son there. You know, yeah. that, that's the thing. You know, I, like as a 34-year-old dad now, I'm talking yeah, about yeah. it, I, it's a great school. But, what but was at the time... On? What was difficult? What difficult well, for me, it was like, I, I guess my parents, they, you know, they, they'd split up, you know, and there was a lot of like animosity around, yeah, yeah. like family. It was just quite full on. And I yeah. wore all of it, you know. Yeah, yeah. So... I think that, and I was struggling at school. I couldn't actually, I was actually on like a lot of medication, like right. ADHD right. and all this shit that I wasn't meant to be on, you know. But it was just one of those things where, you know, oh, he's feeling depressed, take this pill. Oh, he's yeah, feeling yeah, yeah. Uh, a bit hyper, take this pill. And I was on yeah. all this, like seven pills at one stage, you know, and Roaccutane yeah. for my acne. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. All this all sort of shit. Stuff, yeah. So it was very, like, it was tr- strange. And I was sort of on all this stuff for sort of, you know, different reasons and, so that would have been playing with my kind of emotions, I guess, going up and down. And, yeah. and I think I just it just hit me one day. I just went went into this sort of like state of like breakdown mode, and the school just went, "We we want to help you, but we just don't know how." And then my dad was he'd just moved to Sydney, um, so they were all like, "Well, um, you know, maybe you should go live with your dad," you know. Mm. And uh, so I was like, that was Thursday. I was on a plane on Monday or something, you know. And uh, I'd moved to Sydney, you know. Was your suddenly. mum? And what, what was? Did your mum? Well, my mum was like, off on your way, so, you know. Yeah, go, yeah, go yeah, live right. with your father. Sort yeah, of thing. yeah. Um, and uh, so I went, you know, went there, and and you know, dad, dad was a, you know, he's always been a bit a workhorse, you know, right. as as dads are, they just sort of, they just work and and provide, work and provide. So yeah. for for you know for many years I never saw dad. He was always at work kind of thing. So when I went there I just remember thinking, God, it's like like I know he's my dad, but right. I'd sort of like well it's sort of like I had to rekindle this sort of relationship. Seeing someone for really the first have. time. Yeah, kind of, yeah, right. So I went and then we just and then I lobbed there and, and it was kinda of hard because, you know, it was sort of like the fourteen year old son has moved in with the, the new girlfriend and the dad, you know. Yeah, right. So it was quite difficult for everyone, I guess, you know. So Do you have brothers and sisters? Yeah, I've got a sister as well. She's in Adelaide and you know, younger? She, yeah, 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 younger, yeah. Two years younger, yeah. And um so yeah, so when I was in Sydney, I think the arrangement was, okay, dad's gotta sort of spend some time with, with the 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 dropkick son. <laughs> you know, so 
I uh, yeah, I sort of spent a lot of time with him, just batching it. It was just he, he and I living in this apartment, you know, for a few years, and yeah. it was great. You know, we had some great times, and yeah. and then he used to drive me to gigs. I was like, Dad, I've got to get some gigs. So you know, I was fifteen and we'd been playing at the Excelsior, Surrey Hills, or yeah, yeah. you know, around these kind of places that open mic nights or whatever, and just right. get my own, own gigs. And yeah. he used to drive me into the city, and and the publicans were cool. With, with, were you always accompanied by? I was always accompanied by right, Dad. So. so he would get home from like a fourteen-hour day, and then he'd drive. You know, so I was pretty blessed on that reg- in that regard. But I got to meet some crazy people. Like, were you preco- like, would you? Describe yourself at that age as being fairly as being precocious or like com- I was because like, it takes a lot of no of, because well the, it takes the story, some trust part to, yeah. at that age to, to do that stuff. Well, the story right. was is that dad knew dad knew this journalist, uh, so I went over and played one of my songs that I'd written. It was like one of my first songs called "Soul All Stuck to My Face." You know, with one heart, things are looking up. You know, there's hope for me yet. and it was like you know and it was just this like my first kind of song that sort of all the music industry people went oh yeah you know that's Ah, a a song yeah yeah and I was like 15 and I remember playing it to um, an A&R guy down the the phone Mm. uh, because she'd known you know and his name's Peter Carpen oh yeah and Peter introduced me to John Watson and Melissa Shenery from Mm -hmm. Eleven so I went over there and, and played it to them and they were like, yeah, you know, like, this is great. And they just, so they were kind of like my mentors for, right. for around then. And then they said, you've got to go out and just gig your ass off, you know. So I did, I did that, you know. Mm. I went and I rang all these different venues around town and um, I just went to every open mic night. Anything I could get, um, I, I'd play. And uh, I played like drag, like drag shows at, in Oxford Street at La yeah, Bar right. at like eleven o'clock in the that night, you know. Yeah. And I. Oh, what sort of stuff were you playing? I was just playing my songs. All your own stuff. Just playing all my tunes. Yeah. You know? oh, wow. And mainly to people that were like talking, but there would be some nights where there would be just like, you know, I'd I'd sort of I guess I'd learnt how to sort of silence that room sort of thing. Yeah. I'd like learn how what to do and what to say and everything. But people must but have been aware that you you're 15. I was like a 15 year old little blonde kid, you know, <laughs> like, walking on like you know just plugging in. So do you think away was, I went? You know, do you think that there was a fascination with just the fact that you were so young as well? Um, I think so, but I was I was singing about tricks to magic, like you know. Oh, when you're feeling just like a prison, glue back your heart and we'll move on, you know. Or when a woman makes you think, you're just like knowing the tricks to magic, you know, yeah. that kind of stuff. And people would be like, but you're too young to sing that, so yeah, we've got to wait yeah. till you're 30 before you have any life experience. And I used to get that from many music like right. industry people, like when I'd yeah, walk yeah. in and, you know, and they'd say, yeah, but like no one's going to believe you sort right. of thing, you know. Yeah, yeah. You have to go out and earn yeah, this. Yeah, yeah. You have to earn this. Yeah. So I was like, yeah, sweet. And I did that. Yeah. Um, and I, I just went, you know, on and on and on. But you know what? I never believed in myself. Like I never really, to be honest, I never really believed in myself to go uh, into things like, into places like Triple J or anything and go, hey, this is my stuff. Or, I never did any of that. I just kept it all to myself and like yeah. was very guarded. Mm. Um, and I never had much of a plan. I just... Wanted to write music. That was all I sort of yeah. really did. So what was to, so that was the main driving force to all of it. Was just was just, just write music, yeah. And I yeah. and then you know and I had like you know and John Watson was amazing because he would go, hey Wes, read Jimmy Webb's Jim Smith book, you know, get into Nick Drake, you know, mm. like um, look what Daniel's doing, you know, or 
look what you know I don't know just anyone mm. like and he would sort of introduce me to these way, new ways of looking at things mm-hmm. and so for me being so young I was like the sponge and I was just like mm. man oh yeah oh yeah oh yeah and Nick Drake I was obsessed with and I got into really sort of obscure John Martin and all these sort of acoustic kind of and I went fell down that rabbit hole for a while and then you know and then um Went back to, you know, Jim Morrison for a while, and, you know, with Led Zeppelin. I just sort of went all over the place and just, but studied these people and studied what they did and yeah. who they were. And, and, um, so yeah. And then I guess that, that was in, ingrained in me to then go, this is the right way about going about doing things, right. you know? Oh, you know, I have to do it this way. I have yeah. to do it. And then, uh, so I, I, I guess I got into that mode. And then when that wasn't working for me, I started blaming everyone and myself and mm. you know and it was really quiet and I think the release of all that was to go into something like Australian Idol which yeah, was completely yeah. the polar opposite of of all of my background in music yeah. that that ideal was completely yeah. but it kind of it loosened me up creatively yeah, and everything, yeah. like for my own creative thing yeah. you know I've, all, I've always think about it from my own perspective I don't think about it through what anyone else thinks about it until afterwards and I think oh fuck what yeah, about yeah. what? You know, what? Oh man, that person's going to think I'm this or whatever, yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah. But but the initial thing is what I, how, where I'm coming from and how it's going to make me or how I'm going to break my own barriers, I guess, to sort yeah, of get yeah. to the next part. Yeah, you know, well, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, it's sounds, hard. It's hard to sort of explain, I guess. No, no. I mean, it makes sense. It yeah. sounds like you know a, a, where you a period of in in your life where you just needed. Either everything's just to be shaken up or turned upside down yeah, or, yeah. or a clean slate. That's or, right, yeah. You know, just... Yeah, and, you know, and for me, like, I, I'm just... You know, like, I think my career highlight so far would be writing Cold Chisel's latest uh, yes. single, Lost. Yeah, yeah. And that was all about me in my life, like my childhood, where I came from in Elizabeth, in Adelaide. Yeah. Same place where Barnsley comes from. Yeah. And that chorus really was, was just... I was. I remember standing on side stage. I was on tour with Ian Moss, and I was doing his support gigs. It was like 2010, and I just started singing it like it was just like a warm up thing. I was playing around, and it was yeah. just like about to go on. And I started, and then I just started singing that. I was having all this kind of like it was really quite full on. It was just like me thinking about my childhood and where I'd grown up, and look at me now. I'm like. I don't even know where I am what, what town am I in sort of thing and it was like mm. that intense 50 date tour of you know we're right. on the road and you know you know years later oh no and then a few years later I took it to Don Don Walker mm. and I'd known Don since those days when I was a kid playing yeah, in those right. pubs like 15 you know I mean yeah, right. then. and we used to have these great discuss- discussions about music and he just used to like I was he was just like a mentor yeah know? yeah and I used to just be sitting there and I didn't really understand even Back then, I didn't understand really the just how blessed I was to be in a room with Don. You know, yeah, like, totally. like I was too sort of too young almost to sort of really realise that this is Don Walker, like Don yeah. Walker from this. Well, is it sounds like a lot of like really, you know, uh, how do I just? Sounds like a lot of really interesting, amazing people have yeah. kind of come into your orbit, but a lot and at a young age and often by. Yeah, by chance. Yeah, like, but just by chance, absolutely. Yeah, and like Don, you know, um, sitting down with Don, I always say, I don't know whether he likes this, but I always, <laughs> it's like Edgar Allan Poe sort of thing. You know, you're sitting with somebody that 
is it's just a master at what they do. You mm. know? So I sort of said, look, Dom, I've got all these tunes. And he was like, we're going through all these songs. And then the last one I think I showed him was that right. chorus. You know? Yeah, yeah. I was like, oh, so, I've got this old thing sort of that, thing, you know. At that point in time, did you just have the chorus? Oh, yeah, I had the have... chorus, and I had a few other little bits and bobs, but yeah, it was it mainly complete. that. And he was like, that's the, that's the song, you know. And then worked on it, and then he took it away, and he wrote the, what is a lot, the first sort of um, verse and things, and then right. a few changes, which just turns it into classic... Yeah, yeah. Makes just it chisel. brilliant chisel. Like yeah, yeah. It goes back to sort of, like for me, it's like, you know, one of those classic chisel tunes. So did you love it as soon as you heard what he'd done? Well, he emailed me. I was sitting watching telly and he just emailed me going, hey, Wes, we just cut Lost and it's going to be the first single off the new record. Like, that was a fuck as hell. Like, no. Oh, oh my you know, God. Yeah, no, I was, so was, you didn't even know that they were even working? no on. idea. Fucking hell. Yeah. You know, I had no fucking clue. Like, oh, I thought I should probably tell you. Tell you, yeah. And then that was it for me. I was like, that's it. I, I, I'm retired. <laughs> like, for Fuck me, I was like, yeah. for, me, that's, for me, that's a pinnacle because growing up in Adelaide, you know, Cold Chisel are a big, big deal. Like, they're a bigger yeah. deal than anything, I think, in Elizabeth because that's where Barnsley comes from. And then, yeah. But then reading his book, um, when the song was released, his life in Elizabeth, I was like reading it going, man, I know where that is and... Fuck, you know, and, you know, like my uh, dad's got four or five brothers and they're all kicking around at the same time, you know. Mm. So I've heard so many of those sorts of stories mm. and I related to it so much that, of course, he was singing that song that I was thinking about. It was Amazing. like this sort of serendipity thing. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, hear, just hearing him sing it was like surreal for me, you know, yeah. growing up in Barnsley Territory, you know. Yeah. Like he was, he's worshipped there, you know. Yeah. So, and then, you know, hanging out with him, going over his house and writing some more songs and sort of collaborating with him a few times after yeah. that and just, you know, calling him a mate sort of really, yeah, you know, yeah. for me. So. But, um, you know, I think for me, yeah, that, that, that was really a bit of a surreal kind of... And then getting up and singing with him at their last gig at the Sydney Opera House, oh, right. Sydney Entertainment Centre. Yeah. Singing that song? Singing that song, yeah, I did a, the, the duet, the man duet, you know. Yeah. <clears throat> and him having, you know, and I remember seeing as a kid the last stand, you know, the, the gig in 81. Oh, yeah, yeah. And he's like, oh, I think he had a bottle of vodka or something and he's like at the front of the stage and he's got Mossy in a headlock and he's singing. <laughs> and it's like, and I remember thinking, man, I so want to do that one day. Yeah. And then bang, there I was. He's got me, his arm around me, you know, like, like without the vodka, but yeah, yeah. I'd had about 20 <laughs> vodkas before it because yeah, I was yeah. trying to, you know, loosen myself up. And man, like, and there, there I was, like, he's got like a thermos of like tea. Or yeah, that. yeah, that's right. Now Thermal it's tea. tea. Yeah, yeah. I'm just like, yeah, I'm still sipping back on the vodkas, shit, <laughs> shitting myself because I knew that I had to go up a encore. But um, yeah, you know, you know, it's um, it's amazing what we do, isn't it? Like, really, it's fun. Well, let's um, let's talk uh, music and talk mm. some songs. Um, yeah. Why don't we choose um? Why don't we go, or why, why, why don't we choose Riverman Nick Drake? Betty came by on her way Said she had a word to say About things today Said she hadn't heard the news Hadn't had the time to choose 
Okay. Have you played that on your podcast before? No, no. Um, so yeah, Nick Drake. I I know a little bit about Nick Drake. Some, uh, similar to you, like I yeah. had somebody sort of turn yeah. me on to him, just say you should check this yeah. out. And I think I had it was an album with five leaves left. or something. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, that's um, it. And I got really got into it. Um, <laughs> yeah, I was smoking pot at the time, which I think helped me <laughs> get into it. Um, yeah, it's just yeah. so soothing. Yeah, you know. Um, but yeah, I, my my sort of knowledge of Nick Drake is is fairly fairly limited. So yeah, tell yeah. me about Oh, what... for me, it was like for me. I mean, I chose that song because I think, I guess it's my my most favourite sort of string section. It's sort mm. of like if you listen to the Beck Sea Change record, yes, you can hear that. I love that record. And you can hear like there's so much influence. Oh yeah, big time. There's, the, I think there's at least yeah. one song on that record that sounds like it does sound like a, yeah. like a Nick Drake song. Yeah, it's a Nick, yeah totally. It, it's the string arrangements. It's yeah, just, and also his style of singing. And yeah, stuff. yeah, that's it. Yeah. Um, but for me, I just think it kind of sums up Nick Drake in its in his entire like. You know the playing, that just the way he he's you know just just the whole thing is just like mm. a fucking piece of art. You know, it's like yeah, for me, I don't. I mean, I mean, my first Nick Drake album was um, Britter Later or Brighter Later mm. or I don't know how you even pronounce it. Still, yeah, I'm not sure. It was the one you know with the purple cover and him just sitting there with a the guitar, mm. and I was obsessed with that. But yeah. I think um, if you if I really want to pick a Nick Drake song, it would be just river man because it spells out mm-hmm. why i love him so much yeah so he was english right he was english and he he, he just got i look i don't know too much about nick drake to be honest like i know a lot about a lot of other artists but he's a really mysterious one i don't yeah. think a lot of people know anything about i think him, like you know? he i think the the story as i know it with yeah. Nick drake or the, the like his story which which it, it makes which is so you know unusual is that um so he was kicking around in like the 60s, 70s? Yeah. Um, uh, in the 70s. Yeah, 70s? 70s? Yeah. Um, died at a young age. Died really young, I think. And, 23, and so. at the time that he died, he, you know, he'd, he'd made these beautiful records, but his success had kind of eluded him. That's right, you know, yeah. He was, cons- he was talked about. Now, I don't know, like, sometimes, you know, people can, because it makes a good story, people can... I, yeah. I've got a feeling that... He wasn't completely unknown. He was yeah. probably just an underground sort of artist, yeah. you know, that, yeah, that, yeah. That, that, that perhaps... Well, he's, he's recording albums, I mean... Yeah, he's making records, so he's obviously, right, yeah. you know, he's not some... Yeah. He's got some stuff going on. But anyway, yeah. and, then, and, and then it's it's only been in years since his death mm. that his music has just kept sort of, you know, simmering, like uh, reaching out and being passed around people, word of mouth, or, yeah. or just like probably, you know, a lot of... Uh, music people talking about him writing about him and stuff yeah, and, yeah. and now you know he's he's kind of like this cult yeah. this cult figure so yeah. he, he but he never got to, it's a it's a, it's a tragic story because obviously he died young well he came home and he just he, he I think he was on antidepressants or whatever it was yeah. he came home took the lethal cocktail you know whatever that is I think you know he, I don't know what that was but I think my understanding of it was he came home from the studio had his normal stuff went to sleep and never woke up it's like yeah. what the fuck like how yeah. 
And he, he was well, young, right? Was like, yeah, 20s. and really tall, like a really yeah. tall guy. But he had massive hands, didn't he? Which is about how he was able to yeah, like, oh, man. stretch at those, to do crazy... and those tunings. Like, yeah, just, yeah, yeah. It's just, you know, I, I, I think he made a lot of them up, so I don't think it's actually... Yeah, yeah. I think they're all just his vibe. Yeah, it'd be really... It's be in, in, in really difficult stuff to try and replicate yeah. and play. And Pink Moon, you know, a classic record. But yeah. for me, you know, Riverman, I think just when you... When somebody doesn't know who Nick Drake is, just put that rec- put that song on, and then kind of it's like yeah. the rabbit hole has begun, sort yeah. of thing with that, you know. And yeah. what's interesting as well, you know, watching the Heath Ledger doco, um, he was obsessed with Nick Drake. Ah, uh, yeah, you know? I had, and, yeah, um, and uh, yeah, I knew Trev, his best mate, um, Trev, who is on that documentary, the okay. Heath Ledger. I watched it on the plane. Right, yeah, I haven't seen it. And um, I found it really, I thought it was really beautiful, actually, like a celebration. You know, one of those documentaries that just celebrate somebody's life, you know, yeah. and done really well. And, um, mm. and yeah, I remember Trev talking about how obsessed he was. Right. And he was sort of fascinated with how he went. And I find it mm. quite strange that how Heath went, you know. Yeah, it's, like, yeah, it's quite... Um, all right. <coughs> uh, what, what else? Mm. What next? I think we'll go with... Uh, well, why don't we try... I mean, we're on the Beatles show, so let's... I'll probably choose just you know any any Beatles. You know. Was there a Beatles I mean, song? Like I mean, if you had to, oh, if you had to choose your favorite, oh, I, I know uh, it's, it's such a hard thing to do because it probably changes. Well, I'm a massive White Album fan. Okay, well, that's um, a good start. So that that'd be your favorite album if you had to pick one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh fuck. Yeah. I look. I think. Um. I think White Album's got to be. Yeah, it's got to be. Up. Like, I love Let It Be too because how yeah. outrageously like they're just so you can feel the tension. Yeah, yeah, I love that record too. Yeah, I yeah. love Digger Pony. Uh, Let It know. Be doesn't. But I, I, I've always thought that Let It Be doesn't get the recognition it deserves. Yeah, you know, like Sergeant well, Pepper's commercial. What album? Sergeant Pepper's well, Abbey Road, Revolver, Rubber yeah. Soul. Five, all those five records always get talked about before. Yeah. Before Let It Be, yeah, and and I, but for personally, my own personal tastes, I, I put Let It Be as an equal to all of them. I just like how raw it is, you yeah. know. I mean, it could have been raw as John Lennon always. Yeah. I think that's why they they released the Let It Be Naked, yes, because he wanted it to be like yeah, completely yeah. no strings. Or yeah, because feels the full spectacle. Yeah, um, but it's got uh, Across the Universe on it. Yeah, which is definitely one of my favorite yeah. Beatles songs. And that was written in India, where I I went. In 2015, I went to did the whole pilgrimage in India. Oh wow! You know, went to find myself. No, I and I, I but I did. I did the whole. Uh, I went to Rishikesh and um, went to the ashram and went yeah. into the pods where they where they stayed. No and, way! And it's just it was just me and a mate. For how long? How long did you spend there? We were there for a few weeks. Did you uh, spend time with the Maharishi? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah I the Maharishi. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, yeah, we went into the into the hall where they like did their meditation and everything. Because I've been doing the the old transcendental meditation for many years now, yeah, for right. like seven years, inspired by the like. Well, I guess I'd heard about it and thought, man, fuck, what a. And I I, I was told that it basically it just gets you high. That's about how it led, how right. I was led there, you know. And man, it's pretty powerful natural powerful. high. Yeah, natural it's chemicals. amazing. It, you just feel your whole body like. Pulsing like it's mm. like it's like a like little goose 
bumps all over your body sort of thing you know when you're right into the zone it's so, like, and it's just a, so meditating so you know you yeah you're yeah, lying so down they, yeah no no you just sit up and they and they the the, the medi- um you know that there's a transcendental meditation kind of mantra right that you're not meant you, to say out loud but so you're you've just meant to yeah it's sort of go good. over and over in your head yeah and it's so interesting because i was so you know, I kind of, at the time I went there, I, I really definitely needed something, you know, other than just a few pills to sort of, you know, take for anxiety or whatever. I was yeah, like, yeah. I need to kind of like get off of that shit and yeah, actually yeah. work it out because right. it's kind of not for me. It's not really not for me. Um, and I, I, the first, first session, I was like, fuck, that was like, I'll never forget it. It was yeah. just like somebody just at the, at the top of an elevator shaft and you just sort of fall, like you're falling, you know. Yeah. And I had all these kind of like trippy sort of things going but, on. And, and I'm sure like being amazing. there... Because, when, you know, and then I went there. I had to go. I had to go see this place, yeah. you know. Yeah. Like, because, because, you know, when you go overseas... Yeah. And I think it's one of the joys of, of, of traveling that I'm sure most people would relate to is, you know, it's, it's, I think it's just so much easier to like... Um, not, not embracing, but like to to let let go, let yourself yeah. go, yeah, and go get you know be taken in huge surrender in it, in especially yeah, going to India, yeah. you know, and it was a huge challenge for me, uh, you know, especially like, you know, Mister OCD on stage and all that kind of thing, and like to be in a place where you've got no control and you're right. so foreign, yeah, and it just you know takes you, you know, and you yeah. have to sort of you have to catch up with it, you know, otherwise you sort of if you start two. fighting it. Then you know, there's only two ways that you can go, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, like yeah, and and you, yeah, you learn a lot about the world going to India. It's like you learn a lot about yourself more so yeah, than anything. Yeah. But but yeah, I, I we started in Varanasi, and that's the most ancient city in the world. Yeah, I've heard of it. Yeah, yeah. and that's that you know, and they've got like you know, you've got the 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 burning of the bodies in the in the Ganges, and yeah. it's the most polluted water in the world. And you know, yeah. and you've, I found myself in a boat. You know, on the first day in India, just going down the most polluted water in the yeah. world, and did you wash yourself in it? No, yeah. Well, that's what everyone. That's I'm thinking. Do, I'm yeah, being... you know, and so no, I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I was just really confronted by it, actually. And then by the time we got to Rishikesh, I was sort of like, okay, you know, I love this place, sort of thing, you know, in a way. Mm. Uh, but I did. I it. I found it very challenging. But I, when I got to there, I was when I got to Rishikesh, I was like, this is um, an incredible place like i just so foreign something you never experience again mm. you know if you if you don't go back kind of thing you know coming from australia it's a very different land and but being in that meditation hall where they all went the, the beatles went you know where the maharishi was you know those mm. famous photos of them mm. there and everything and then just walking around the grounds and and I, and I put the White Album on in my ears and just right. I just knew some of the, the songs that they had written. You know, it's been a long, long, long time. Yeah. Do, do, do. It's just like goosebumps, you know. You're just like, wow, you just, this is just... Yeah. yeah, it blew my mind a bit. And I remember sitting on the on the, ri- the River Ganges and it was like a big thunderstorm and lightning and, and I was just sitting there with my mate and we were just on the balcony in the hotel yeah. and just the power of the Ganges is like... <sighs> rushing down it was and really fast flowing really fast flowing right. and it was like the lightning was happening and and there was like a power outage every like five minutes right. <laughs> and the, and the, and it was like being in this sort of different oh on God. a different planet yeah you know and then i put the white album on 
So yeah. that's where I was going with it, you know. Wow. And we just sat there listening to the White Album and just being in this spot where, you know, you knew that they were there and this is what it was inspired yeah. by. And, um, yeah, just so, I don't know, I guess I'll have to choose a song from the White Album now. Um, I don't know why it comes into my mind, but um, I'd have to go with uh, Long, Long, Long. Okay, Because cool. just, it's a great... Yeah. It's a great well, tune. I've, I've never cho- never even chosen that before. <laughs> never even thought about that before. Um, so, yeah. Okay, so that was so we've done two, haven't we? Yeah. All right, so we we'll do one more, one more, one more tune. All right. Um, What's like a song that if uh, if you imagined what your most played songs would be? Yeah. What would you imagine the most played song on your list would be? Um, I I love um, Ryan Adams. I love. Um, mm. Do you love Ryan Adams? I love yeah. Ryan Adams, yeah. but yeah, I really, I really, I haven't properly listened to the latest one, Prisoner. Oh yeah, but I loved I, the self-titled one that came before that. I yeah, I totally yeah. loved it. I loved. Um, I really loved. Uh, oh man, what's that fucking song called? It goes. Um, man, my memory's so bad. It's a. <laughs> Is it older? No, it's um, it's off the new record. Okay. Shiver, shimmer, um, shiver and shake. Okay, yeah. It's so. It's like. It's like a Springsteen song, <coughs> yeah, but it, yeah. it, man, <coughs> it sounds like I'm this, a sucker for that. Like, yeah, yeah. It sounds like the new one is kind of an extension to the last one. You know? Yeah, yeah. Because like, that self-titled one was a bit of a, a really different, yeah, it was kind yeah. of sounding record for him. Yeah, and it sounds like he's kind of just he's, yeah. he's done part two. Yeah, not, not in a, and that's not a criticism, but I love. Um, um, I'm a I'm a cold Ro- cold roses love oh, yeah. hell yeah guy. You know? I've I only heard of Ryan Adams. The first time I kind of I'd heard about him, people told me about him because yeah. he was in that band Whiskey Tennis. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd heard about it without, but I just never. No one had ever. This is back in the day of CDs. No one had put the fucking CD in front of me. Yeah, like, but it was when that his that New York song. Yeah, came gold of gold. Yeah, yeah. That was when I first kind of was like, yeah. ah, right. This yeah. is Ryan Adams. I really fucking did this. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I yeah. I was surprised. It was so funny because I thought gold when that came out. I thought it was really produced. Yeah, well... How weird's that? Yeah. And now you listen to it, it's so not. It's yeah, really yeah. stripped back in our day. Well, but compared to compared Whiskey to Town Heartbreaker stuff. Or and like, Whiskey Town, yeah. It was. Yeah, it was. It was, it was a, for me, it was a real real departure from what, he yeah, was, what, yeah. he, or what I thought he was. But now, yeah. listening to, you know, however many freaking albums he's got, yeah. like, it's, for me, I think it's a quite a... It's a very poignant kind of record for him, I think. Yeah. It, he's an interesting yeah. artist, too, because yeah. he's quite contrary you know um yeah like he he's sort of you know carved out a career as a you know someone in that kind of country americana yeah kind of world yeah but he doesn't uh, like buy into all the um all the kind of uh aesthetics that go around that you know like he he's not 
he comes across more as like a sort of punk rock kid from New York. He does, York. doesn't he? Yeah. That just, I think that I think that carries a lot of it through. Like, yeah. you know, I think um, that carries him. That mm. you know, if he was this just normal Americana guy, yeah. I don't. The, the yeah, I think it's he's very clever like that. I think. Like, yeah. I mean, I don't know whether it's actually. Like, I think he's just him being him. But yeah, I'll tell you, yeah, you I know, think I, it's him I being think him. his image yeah. is like. It's full, like he's into that stuff. I think. But then he'll talk about he's he's into like really silly niche things like Star Wars and cats and yeah yeah you know yeah. so he's got that, yeah like and 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 none yeah. of that so so you know none of that kind of sits with your you know your, the classic imagined kind of Americana singer songwriter yeah, guy yeah, you know because sure. it's, yeah it's quite quite strange so yeah he's yeah. an interesting and obviously somebody who has not been afraid to like do take risks yeah you know, take a lot of yeah. musically take a lot of risks yeah yeah you know it's always yeah it's great I love that I think we definitely need more of that today you know yeah. I think a lot of people find their safe house somewhere along the line or you know mm. and the way it's recorded it's not like like a Dylan like it, like I think you know the way he approaches his music it's not although it does sound produced a lot of the time when you really look at it it's yeah. actually quite yeah it's it's pretty everything's quite raw yeah. in its own world yeah you know? and I think and he, I reckon he still does a lot of live tracking as well yeah I get oh, a sense with a lot of songs yeah. particularly the last couple yeah you know where it, it does sound like he's playing guitar and singing at the same time yeah and, yeah you know, getting live takes and stuff I think um, um, we'll choose a, the, the old classic of uh Call me on your way back home. <laughs> <laughs> I can't even see I'll it. find it. Like, yeah, it's Call Me On Your Way Back Home, isn't it? I don't know. I think it is. Yeah, I'm not... I don't... I'm, I'm not super... As I miss you Oh, baby, why Do I miss you like I do Oh, miss my sweet and the birds all singing blue And why I And why Call me on your way back home, dear Because I miss you Honey, I ain't nothing Um, all right. Well, thank you, Wes, no worries, for man. being on my podcast. Thanks, mate. And I yeah. hope, uh, you know, I hope that I haven't um, started it. I've got you, you drinking well, your first beer. No, I was. It was always going to happen, my friend. Yeah, it was always um, going to happen. Having a beer, it's okay to have a beer, <laughs> isn't it? Um, and so, <laughs> yeah. So we're we're doing this Beatles thing over the next couple of weeks. What's um, what have you got coming up once we've finished this Beatles stuff? What's the rest of your year look like? I Yeah, so I guess what I've really been loving doing mostly is uh, my songwriting workshops. And uh, and um, and I so, so I spend a few days with kind of a group of like 20 or a group. Anywhere of in Australia? Order. Yeah, anywhere in Australia. So I've been, tra- the last one I did was in Hobart. Yeah. And down there, there's an amazing array of talent. It's unbelievable. Mm. I have no idea. Yeah. So I did like a songwriting uh, workshop with 25 or so people, like r- ages ranging from like 12 to 
fifty. Wow. Yeah, and they were amazing. Like they're yeah. all amazing in their own right. What are they looking for when they sign up? It's it's actually more about the psychology, like performance psychology. Right. So like, it's great because um, what I do is like I basically just get them up and get them to perform the song in front of the the group, mm-hmm. and then I run through all these different exercises like to get them sort of more present and alive telling their stories mm-hmm. and just sort of and not kind of going this is the way you do it yeah, yeah, it's just nothing it's no extracting it's no something out of them yeah it's just getting them to sort of yeah. feel a little bit more yeah, yeah, or, yeah. or um, you know that line what does that line mean to you you know or where where are you coming from from that point of view mm. just getting them sort of connected with what they're doing yeah I get it because yeah. yeah and it's um, it's really amazing to sort of see how many people come alive afterwards it's like yeah yeah and to be honest I'm just there just sort of guiding them <laughs> like and because they've, they've got it in them and there was this one guy last week he was uh, he was like a he was a drama teacher and right. he'd been a drama teacher for years and he had these songs about this heartbreak that happened in his life and he got up and he just sort of strummed the guitar and sort of sang his sang spoke his words like a sort of like a Paul Kelly kind okay. of vibe, you know. And I just sort of said, Look, yeah, put the guitar down and I'll just play the piano and he kind of did this like amazing rendition of it. I got him to do it sort of like a like in a drama kind of like he'd be on stage yeah, right. saying a monologue over the song. Fuck man, it was something so powerful because his yeah. lyrics were really great. Like yeah, yeah. his lyrics were sort of, you know, Don Walker esque kind of, yeah. you know, he, he and he's a mature, he was, obviously a mature yeah, guy. 50 guy 50, yeah, yeah, yeah. So. so he and he was just yeah, and I was, it was one of those moments where I was like, wow, I wasn't wasn't really expecting that. Like no offense, yeah. but I wasn't expecting yeah, that yeah. sort of thing. Yeah. So I just yeah. like I just like seeing people kind of um, collaborate. And, yeah, it's community, you know, it's, stuff. Yeah, too, you totally. Know, yeah, which, which is so I got a sorely needed in this absolutely. World. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So I've got a lot of those coming up and. Um, and I do a lot of house concerts, so I'm just doing a lot yeah. of those. And so yeah, right. well, Thanks, thank man. you very much, Rock and roll. Cheers, thank you, cheers.